Revelation chapter 11 and verse number 15. The Bible said, And the seventh angel sounded, and there was a great, vo great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, we give, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come in the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightning and voices and thundering and an earthquake and great hail. Father, I pray tonight for the next few moments you'll bless the reading of thy word, speak to us and through us, and Lord, may you receive maximum glory, and we'll love you and we'll praise you and we'll thank you, for we do ask it in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated tonight. I want you to notice with me for just a few moments tonight here in this text that I'm preaching on this subject tonight on thy kingdom come. Amen. Thy kingdom come. Notice here the announcement of this angel in verse number 15. As the seventh angel sounded and there were, and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Amen. So the announcement of this angel is what Jesus said uh, when he taught us in the model prayer. Remember that part of the model prayer when Jesus taught the disciples to pray thy kingdom come, thy will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'll stop and say this in the outset of this sermon tonight, that that's exactly what is happening and what will take place during the tribulation period. When that time comes, you will see that God's will will be done and his kingdom will, be, will come and his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that's what's happening in this text tonight. If you'll notice here the announcement of this angel and then in verse number 16, there's the adoration of the king as the Bible said that the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell down upon their faces and they worshiped God saying we give thee thanks O Lord God Almighty which art and was and art to come because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned so there's the announcement of the angel and then the, once this announcement is made the, the elders fall down now three times in the book of Revelation uh, they fall down and they worship him. Uh, just as David was anointed as king three times uh, uh, in his uh, earthly ministry and David being a type of Christ, uh, we notice that Jesus here uh, three times, he is giving these crowns and he is worshiped and he is magnified as the king of glory, amen? And they say to him and they worship him because uh, they know that his kingdom is coming to this earth. Somebody say amen. Now, I know tonight, the Jehovah Witness teach a false doctrine that we are living in a what is to be a utopia and that the kingdom of God is already here on earth but you know that tonight and that that is not true. We know that God's kingdom will come to pass in his own time and his own way and so in our text tonight that is what is taking place. The angel in this seventh trumpet that's about to be poured out that's about to be sounded upon this earth here. The whole part of this is to let the world know that God's kingdom is soon 
coming upon this earth and that causes excitement in heaven and so there is the adoration of the king there is the announcement of the angels but then notice in verse number 18 there's the anger of the nations as the Bible says and the nations were angry and thy wrath is come amen now God is going to reward he said in verse 18 his servants the prophets and the saints and them that fear thy name small and great and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth but what I want you to see in verse number 18 is not everybody is happy about Jesus coming to this earth amen now God created this world his son came and died in this world and the world belongs to God but yet man thinks he owns the world amen and man wants a world where there is not no God that's why they don't want God the Bible in our public school that's why they don't want prayer in our public school that's why they want to silence our churches amen that's why the homosexuals can march down the streets but children cannot pray at school you know why because they want a world where there is no God the Bible says that they do not like to retain God in their knowledge amen and so even in the tribulation period there's going to be nations that's going to be angry because all of heaven is worshiping the king of the kingdom that is soon to come amen so we see here the anger of these nations and then I want you to notice something else in verse number 19 there's the ark of the testament notice the bible said the temple of God was open in heaven and there was seen in the temple the ark of his testament and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and earthquakes and great hail amen now for years for centuries or or for decades should I say and perhaps even centuries people have asked the question where is the ark of the covenant when you think about it, five times in the scriptures it is mentioned. We know that in Numbers chapter 10 and verse 33, it's called the Ark of the Covenant. In Exodus 25, 22, it's called the Ark of His Testimony. In 1 Samuel 3 and verse number 3, it's called the Ark of God. In Psalms 132 and verse number 8, it's called the Ark of God's Strength. In 2 Chronicles 35 and verse number 3, it's called the Holy Ark. And here in our text tonight, it's called the Ark of His Testimony. Testament. Well, you don't have to wonder where the ark is, amen. Some thinks the Jews have it. Some thinks the Arabs have it. Some thinks it's in Jerusalem. Uh, some think it's in the rock of the dome, buried below uh, the rock of the dome. That's what a lot of rabbis will tell you. Uh, but I'll tell you what the Bible says about where the ark of the Testament is. Uh, the Bible's very clear right here. It's in heaven, amen. That ark represents uh, the presence of God, uh, and God is not going to entrust man to keep it through out the centuries, friend, uh, that Ark of the Covenant or that Ark of the Testament, which however you want to la uh, label it, it is in the presence of God where it ought to be, amen? What I want you to see tonight is that in this text, two things are taking place. You've got worship in heaven and you've got the woefulness of sinners here on earth. Heaven is rejoicing in verse number 16 and 17. They're on their faces, they're worshiping God. They're giving thanks, the Bible says in verse 17, because of who he is and who he was and who he's gonna be and because of his great power and because he's reigning and because his kingdom is going to come to this earth. Heaven is worshiping and certainly they have reasons to worship, amen. 
And the world is angry because heaven is worshiping. Amen. I just want to preach a few minutes tonight on thy kingdom come. But what I want you to see tonight in this text is that heaven is worshiping God in spite of the things that are taking place around the world tonight. Amen. You know, a lot of times if we're not careful, we will let the world affect our worship. Amen. We'll let the circumstances of this world, I think you would admit tonight that the circumstances in chapter 11 in the middle of the tribulation period, they're pretty bad, amen? Evil is on an all-time rise. The Antichrist is doing everything he can, and while he is doing that, God is pouring out his judgment. He's pouring out his seals, his vials. His trumpets are being poured out, but in spite of all of that, do you see in verse 16 and 17 that in spite of what's happening around the world, heaven has not stopped worshiping God? Amen. Can I tell you something about worship tonight? It's never put on hold in heaven, friend. Amen. I'm telling you, heaven has a good reason and heaven has a good right to just keep on worshiping God. And may I say to you and I tonight uh, that if heaven can rejoice uh, and if heaven can worship uh, in the worst of times in this text, uh, then you and I ought to be able to rise up in the day and hour that we're living in and we ought to be able to worship in spite of the circumstances uh, that's going on around this world, amen. See, we're living in a time when our churches are growing cold and indifferent. They're getting quieter. This church is getting quieter. Don't know what to do about it. Preached on it. Done everything I know to do. But I can't do nothing. I'm telling you, I'm not going to die that way. Amen. You don't have to act like me. You know I've said that enough. I don't expect you to act like me. And you don't have to shout and you don't have to testify. And I'll tell you, we need some ameners. We need somebody that'll throw their hand up every now and then. Well, let's don't say every now and then because I think some people get in that custom. We need somebody that'll just keep their hand going up, amen? I mean, just all the time, amen? We need somebody that'll say amen uh, from the beginning of the sermon to the end. I know you gotta use common sense, amen? Everybody can't do the preaching, we know that. But I'm talking about, hey, listen, our churches are dying, friend. And this is a great church, and it's a good church. But I'll tell you the devil, hey, listen, you don't gotta worship the way I do. You don't have to act the way I do. I don't wanna go to a church where everybody acts the same. Somebody say amen. Some people are crying. Amen. Some people are shouters. Some people, they raise their hand. Some people, they'll get up every now and then and give a testimony. And listen, I think that's the way it ought to be. But what I'm saying is you and I have got to be prayerful and careful that we keep the temperature right in the house of God because worship does not demand a response from God. It demands a response from us. Amen. And the truth is it doesn't cost me anything to just be thankful. It doesn't cost me anything like people have done today to just get up every now and then and just say, well, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm not going to hell. I want to thank God for a good family and a good church. We've heard that tonight. It doesn't cost me anything to just raise my hand during the preaching or raise my hand during the singing. It doesn't cost me anything to get with the preacher. Amen. It doesn't matter who the preacher is. Y'all to just get with him. Amen. I mean, just give him a good head nod. I mean, just smile at him. Amen. If you can't do nothing else, at least smile. Amen. Is that right? I mean, you ain't got to look like you've been sucking persimmons all day. Come on now. But I mean, you say, preacher, why do you harp on that? Because churches are dying around us. And I'm telling you, and if heaven 
can worship in this passage when the world is a thousand times worse than she is tonight. We ought to be able to worship. And the people worshiping in this text, some of the people have had their heads cut off for the cause of Christ. Now you want to talk about having a bad day. Nobody's had a day like that. Somebody say amen. Nobody's had their head on the chopping block. Nobody's been, listen, we, we've had trials in life, I understand that, but we, none of us has, has been put through the fire, put through the test, but I, this is what I believe. I believe history teaches this. I believe the Bible teaches this, that a lot of times what happens is this. Those that are going through great persecution, those that are suffering the most, those that are doing without the most seemingly are those that are, that are the most thankful. They're seemingly those that are the most appreciative, amen? They're seemingly those uh, uh, that give the most thanks, but those uh, that live more in prosperity, those that live more of a comfortable lifestyle, those that seemingly don't have any trial, real trial, real error in their life, those are the ones that if we're not careful, we will just get at ease in Zion uh, and we'll just sit back uh, and we'll enjoy the comforts of life uh, and the devil will rock us to sleep uh, one song at a time, one sermon at a time, uh, one service at a time, uh, I don't know about you, but thank God I was born in the fire, amen? And by the grace of God, I wanna go out in the fire, amen? And I wanna tell you something else. He's too good to me on Monday, and he's too good to me on Tuesday, and he's too good to me on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday for me to come to church and fold my hands and quietly just never say nothing. I'm just talking about he is too good to me. Now, you don't have to be like me and I don't have to be like you but oh my soul he is just real and I can't help but praise him I want to praise him he has been so good to me I owe him my life hallelujah I just want to bless his holy name hallelujah I want to praise him I want to say amen I'm glad I get to hear the Bible amen you say, preacher, I'm ready to go home. Maybe somebody feels that way. I don't know. I'm not going to fuss at you. I've been at church a few times and wanted to go home myself. Amen. But the truth of the matter is, it's a privilege to be here. I ought to thank God for every second. I get to sit in the house of God and sit under the preaching of the Bible and the word of God. And I never want to be ashamed of that. I never want to take it for granted. I thank God that I get to hear the truth, hallelujah. I'm just talking about tonight glorifying God. Is he not the best thing that ever happened to you? And I'm telling you folks, I'm not fussing, I'm telling you it's everywhere you go. I watch pastors and they get tired of pumping and priming and, and, I, and they say, what do you do? I said, you can't do nothing. I said, but I tell you what you can do in yourself. I said, you can get full of God. And you can go to church, and if they don't nobody but you, enjoy the singing, then, then enjoy it. You know, if I, if I go over to the fellowship hall, and I don't know why my mind's been on banana pudding all day. Maybe you need to cook one, amen. I like it cold and cooked. Somebody say amen. It's like a mashed potato. You can do anything you want to to it. You know, you can take a tater, you can boil it, mash it, you can bake it, burn it. I don't care what you do, fry it. It's all good, isn't it? He can eat it raw, amen. I don't know why I'm preaching on that, but I I get hungry, I reckon, amen. Do you know if I go over there to Fellowship Hall and, and Miss Cape's got that 
coconut pie. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. Oh, boy, I'm telling you, you pray about that. I need some of that. And there's some banana pudding and there's some fried chicken. Hey, I don't know what everybody else is going to do. I know what I'm going to do. Amen. I shouldn't tell my secret because 10 other people will probably do this, but when I go to when I go over there fellowship hall, I go straight to the pie first. Amen. Because it's going to be gone. Let everybody get that fried chicken and I'll get the pie and then I'll come get in line for some chicken. Amen. Do you know what? If I go, I'm not, I'm not going to see what Brother Dave, uh, I'm not going to see what Brother Dave Terry's going to do. Well, Brother Dave, what, are you going to get in on this banana pudding? Are you eating this fried chicken? You know, for all the healthy people that's worried about their arteries. Amen. And fried food, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to stay away from you. Amen. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get me a fried chicken leg in one hand and I'm going to get a big old spoonful of banana pudding, amen. And when them two meet, I'm telling you, listen, it, it, it's wonderful, amen. <laughs> I'm going to get in on it. And I'm telling you a lot of times at church, you know what we do? We go to church and we look around and say, well, is he going to shout? Is she going to get with it? Now, if she testifies, I'm going to shout with her, amen. Boy, if she gets up, now I can get something out of that. Oh, but you know, if he gets up, well, you know, I already know what he's going to say. Isn't that the way we are? Some, now, y'all don't hide your halo and tuck your wings in. But we go to church sometimes, and I wonder, is it about him or is it about them? Amen. Who's this thing about? Well, you know, so-and-so, I don't really like his preaching as much as I like so-and-so's preaching. Now, if he gets up and preaches, now, now I, I don't like it when people say I'm a fan of anybody, amen? I mean, don't be a fan of anybody. Be a fan for Jesus, amen? Isn't that right? Now, I'm telling you, listen, if you strike on one preacher and you can't strike on another preacher that's preaching the gospel, shame on you, amen? Your faith is awful shallow. You say, well, so-and-so just got a better touch. Well, who made you the thermometer, amen? I'm talking about if you love the Bible, you ought to say amen, isn't that right? Hey, now, I know that's foreign to a lot of people in the South, but if you go out west, you go up north, or if you go to foreign soil, them people don't never get to hear what we hear. And so when somebody gets up and opens their Bible up, they're not silent them up. They're listening to what they're saying and if what they're saying is coming out of that book and it's what's in their book, you know what? Them people are thankful that they get to hear what they're getting to hear. I'm telling you, friend, if you and I are not careful, we'll get so spoiled on the blessings of God that we'll just come to church and take for granted how good he's been to us. I'm just saying heaven is worshiping and they're not letting the circumstances, they're not letting the problems in the world, they're not letting the people that's in the world in this text. None of that is affecting them. They've got their eyes on the king. They've got their eyes on the kingdom and they're worshiping because they know who he is and what he's going to do. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, we got reason to rejoice tonight. Brother, I'm telling you, listen, life's too short to just let things in life hinder you. Brother, I'm telling you, when you think about where you're at tonight, think about where God brought you from. Think about tonight the blessings of God, how he's blessed you with a home and a family and a good place to come to church and, and a Bible in your hand and a good job to work and think about what God has done in your life and where you could be at tonight. Don't you thank God you don't have a busted up home? Don't you thank God tonight you've got a good spouse? Don't you thank the Lord tonight? You say, what are you doing? I'm just trying to get you to go down memory's lane for a little while and just remember that God has been so good to us but we don't worship him for 
for what he does. We just worship him for who he is. I'm so glad that I know the one that held this world in the palm of his hand. I'm so glad I know the one that gave his son a sacrifice and a ransom for many. I'm so glad that he's real to me tonight. I'm thankful that I know the son. He that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of God hath not life. I can raise my hand and say I know he lives. He lives within my heart. I'm so glad I know Jesus. I'm thankful for the sweet Holy Spirit that talks to you in prayer that leads you in the scriptures. I'm telling you, isn't the spirit of God real? And I bless his name. And I've got a comforter that'll walk with you and he'll talk with you and he'll help you along life's journey. Amen. I was sitting out this evening and I thought, Lord, thank you for what you did this morning. Because only you could have done that. I mean, I come into church with one plan. God said he don't know what needs to be done today. He thinks he knows. And I'll let him run with that a little while, but when he gets here, here's what we're gonna do. Aren't you glad he knows? Amen. He knew that young man needed to be saved. And I'll tell you, he wanted to save him today. He knew that missionary needed some help. He knew there was a family that needed, I mean, he knows how to order a service, amen. And I'm telling you, listen, we've got structure and we ought to have structure and we've got to have order or we'll have chaos. But I'm telling you, I'm glad that, listen, we may have order, but we know that whenever God moves, that's what's in order, amen? And I'm thankful that he knows how to lead us. He knows how to lead you to that right job. He knows how to help you raise your children. He knows how you. How, he knows how to lead you to be the husband that you need to be to your wife and the wife you need to be to your husband. We can't be none of those things within ourselves. And I'm glad when you get up in the morning, in time and you open that Bible and you begin to read the pages of God's word. Can I tell you, there's a lot of days I read the Bible and I, he just feeds my soul, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm just hearing something great from heaven as far as God's not speaking a nothing, you know, swelling to me, but he just puts me in the word of God and he just feeds my soul for that day. But you'll be surprised how you'll get down life's road and sometimes you may have forgotten what you've read a week ago, but you'll get down life's road and when you need it, the Holy Spirit, he'll bring it to your remembrance. He'll say, do you remember what you read there the other day when you didn't think it, when you thought it was just a normal day and nothing happened? I put that in your memory bank because I knew you'd need it when you needed it. I'm telling you, I bless him for that, don't you? I'm telling you, personal devotion, personal walk with God, a secret place to pray, getting your nose in the Bible. It'll make you the Christian God wants you to be, hallelujah. I read something the other day. I'm gonna take, put me on my knees. The Bible, some days it'll encourage you. Some days it'll just blister your hide. Oh, I read something the other day when I was reading it, I thought, oh, my soul. God, help me. Have you ever read the Bible and thought that? What a miserable wretch I am. I'm gonna tell you what it was. It was, it was girding up the loins of your mind. I'm telling you, don't you wish you could build a wall around this thing? Hey, so much stuff comes through here. Well, Brother James Crumpton said years ago, he said, you can't stop the fowls of the air from flying by and landing in your mind. But he said, I'll tell you what you can do. You can stop them from building a nest there. 
Isn't that right? Hey, some things comes through my mind. I wish they never came through my mind. Hey, some things that comes through my mind, they grieve my own spirit, so I know they have to grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking, but I'm just being honest with you tonight. I mean, listen, I don't think none of us are so sanctified that we don't ever have an evil thought or a bad thought that we shouldn't have. I tell you, I don't like it. It grieves me, but it's still there. I've seen too much in this life, haven't you? I'm I'm just telling you, that's the way the flesh is. We live in a world that's full of filth and everything else and evil thoughts and evil surmisings and things. The devil puts them things in our mind. You ever seen a child say something and you thought, where in the world did they get that? Now they could have saw it. They could have heard it. Or I'm going to tell you something else. The devil could have put it there because he does that. Boy, I was reading that text the other day and it got a hold of me and it blistered me and I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for just putting me under conviction and Lord, just helping me know to, to pray more about this old mind, amen. And I'm telling you, maybe you're hearing some preacher, I never have, a, I never have an evil thought. Well, I don't believe that, amen. That's not a halo on top of your head. That's horns growing together, friend, amen. It's old flesh. I'm telling you, it's just wicked. Is that right? It's ungodly. It's unholy. And if it's not been brought into subjection and nailed to the cross and crucified, and if you don't die out to yourself and, and my friend, reckon yourself dead, it'll get out of hand in a hurry, amen? But I'm telling you, I'm glad God gave us a book, hallelujah, that clean up our mind and clean up our heart, and it'll filter all that garbage out. It'll make you clean and pure and holy. It'll help you, amen? It'll get rid of anything that don't need to be in there. I'm telling you, said, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things things are pure, whatsoever things are just and whatsoever things are honest uh, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise uh, he said think on these things uh, as a man thinketh in his heart so is he, uh, I tell you when you start thinking about God, you know what will happen you'll start thanking God, amen uh, the more you think about him uh, the more you'll thank him uh, and when I stop and think about what he's done uh, I can't but help but raise my hand uh, and say Lord you sure have been good to me uh, and I just want to say thank you, uh, thank Thank you. God, you don't owe me anything and you shouldn't bless me. I can give you a thousand reasons why he ought to never, he ought to never bless me again. Oh, but time and time again, he just keeps putting more blessings on than what I can ever thank him for. I say bless his name. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. I say bless his holy name. Amen. Woo. Thank you, God for your blessings on me. Oh, tonight, I think we're way behind in praising God. You can always tell, please don't take what I'm gonna say the wrong way. I know that there there are people that they're just quiet, and I don't think you ought to beat up on them people. People say, well, it's, it's not personality, but it is to a degree. It is personality to a degree. Some people's just loud. Somebody say amen. Some people's just quiet. Jack Middleton sat right over there What probably wasn't a more godlier man than Jack Middleton. Jack Middleton never said two words. First eight months I was in this church, I thought he didn't like me. Brother Charles, I said, well, that deacon would vote me out in a heartbeat if he could. 
because he just never said nothing. But that's who he was. I'll tell you what Brother Jack would do. He'd stand up and couldn't hardly get it out for weeping. He said, I want to thank God for saving me. He'd pull his hands like that. He said, Brother Rick, I want to thank God for saving my soul. And I'll tell you, you could feel the presence of God on that. Amen. And I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure if you took Brother Jack to a ball game, he wouldn't have went to one, but if you'd have, if you'd have took him to one and his team scored a touchdown in the final seconds and everybody else was standing at their feet shouting, no, Brother Jack would just sit there like that. That's just who he was. And some people's like you. But it's like Brother Sammy said. At the very least, y'all sit around and laugh and cry a little bit if you're glad you're saved. We need some ameners. I don't hardly know Noah, but I like him. When he shouted across the front the other day, I said, praise God. Wasn't that a blessing? We need some ameners. We need some people to say hallelujah. And don't let personality play a role in your worship. Amen. I'm telling you, I see that so much. In churches, I've seen it in this church. You let so-and-so get up, and I've done hit it once, but I want to hit it one more time. You let so-and-so get up and sing, preach, or shout, and some people about get raptured out. Amen. I mean, they're like this far from, from getting in the glory. They're about gone, friend. And then you let, someone, you let another person get up and sing and testify or, or preach. Oh, they get locked, y'all. They can't, you can't even get a holy grunt out of them. If you slipped them a $100 bill, they wouldn't say amen. Got something in their heart. Amen. Tell you something about pastoring. You got to shout with everybody. Amen. I've had people, nobody at right now, at least I hope not. <laughs> I've had people that I knew they didn't like me they didn't like his church I don't know why they were still here but they were here they didn't like me they didn't like his church they was working behind the scene amen they was working behind the scene and they'd get up and testify now what am I going to do you know what I felt like doing throwing a songbook at them Amen. I did. I'm just telling you the truth. I knew they'd run in their mouth. I knew they'd cause trouble. And then they want to get up and testify. I felt like getting a songbook and just sit down. Amen. God ain't in your testimony. Sit down. And they'd get up and testify and the Holy Ghost would say, say amen to what they're saying. In my heart I'd say, God, you know they ain't nothing but a troublemaker. And I was telling the truth. God said, say amen. It's true what they're saying about me. And I'd go ahead and say amen. And you know what I've never figured out? They was getting a blessing. And I was getting a blessing from them testifying. How is that? That person's a devil. You hear how quiet it is right now? I bet you there's somebody here right now. And if what I'm saying makes you mad, you're it. Amen. Nail on the head right there, buddy. You know what? They would, they get to testifying 
And I'd say, well, okay. Amen. And they'd get testified. And before I know it, what they were saying was true about him. And they got the blessing. And I could sincerely say with them, amen, amen, and amen. We weren't talking about each other. They were talking about him. They got to talk, man, and I got to say amen. They got to say amen. And I found out of something. That's God's business. He'll take care of them troublemakers. I'll go ahead and worship with them. Say, did they get any better? No. Church was over with them. Went right back to causing trouble again. They did. Oh, it's quiet right now. They did. I've seen that more than on, more, on more than one occasion. And I've seen God take care of them too. I have. I've seen some of them not live to tell it. But you know what I, what I figured out? It took, me long, it took me years to figure this out. I thought to myself, God, why would you want me to shout with them when I know that they're not for this church, they're against it? Why would you want me to say amen? I found out. It kept me from getting bitter. It kept me from getting a hard heart towards somebody. They weren't really out to hurt me. They had a heart issue. It kept me right. And it also taught me this, that worship is never about any of us. It's always about him. I'm telling you, if the devil come in tonight and said something about Jesus, I wouldn't like it, but I'd have to say amen if it was true. Amen. Because worship is not about us tonight. I, I say that because we need some worshipers. Don't ever look across the aisle at somebody. I don't know why God wants me to say that, but don't ever base your worship on an individual. And don't ever look at somebody when they worship and say, well, I can't get with them. You just leave all that up to God. He'll purge the church when it needs to be purged. Isn't that right? And he'll let people get right when they need to get right. I have seen people that cause trouble that I didn't think they'd ever ever get right I thought God would probably kill them and I'm being honest I thought God would probably kill that person and I've seen them get right with God and I'm glad I worship with them in spite of I'm glad God blesses me in spite of me tonight let's stand tonight I want to encourage you in one thing and I'm done keep your worship right I'm not just talking about church I hope you understand that church is not is not even the emphasis of what I'm saying when we need it here, but I'm talking about let God be real to you at home. Find your place. Take this whole book. Not now and then, but every day. Find your place. Get by yourself and open your Bible and read it. Start somewhere and don't stop and read it. And when you get to the end, start over and read it every day of your life. Don't base your emotions, your feelings. Don't make decisions on how you feel. Do everything by this old book. Hey, one of these days when, when I'm about 95 and I finally retire from being your pastor, if I could just leave one thing with every member, this is what I, I mean this. If I could leave one thing with you, 
You're not going to learn a whole lot under me, but I'll tell you one thing I wish that I could leave embedded in every member's mind is a personal devotion with God, a personal walk, personal prayer life, a personal Bible reading. Hey, maybe you need to clean the cobwebs out of your prayer closet tonight. Young people, this needs to be real to you. Don't you let it be about your mom and dad or your preacher or anybody else. You need to have a you need to have a prayer book and you need to have a Bible reading schedule. And you need to do that every day. Thank God for family altar, but you need a personal time with God. It'll help you. Let's bow our heads for just a moment.